I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only business, finance and investment live coverage each and every trading day here and uh, between 12 and 1 p.m. of course each trading day. It is time for the call. 60 minutes, 10 stocks, two experts. You tell us which stocks you want to know about. We get the experts to run their eye over them and give us their opinion on whether to buy, hold, sell or um, basically ignore completely. (laughs) Got him uh, us today, uh, two regulars. Delighted to have Howard Coleman, Director of Team Invest Private with us. Howard, good afternoon to you. Chris McDonald from Morgan's. Chris, good to see you. Beautiful weekend, self-isolation. Yes. Reading lots of annual reports, were you? I was pouring over those annual reports, (laughs) getting ready for uh, US earnings season this week. Yeah, it's a really big one as well. Um, uh, Let's kick it off with just some some broad comments. Howard, we might start start with you. On on the American and Australian share market last week, what the uh, the best performance for since twenty eleven for both of them uh, a bear trap or can you see some light at the end of the tunnel? Well, um, I think the sad thing is that uh, there were wonderful bargains available not that long ago, and uh, most people probably were a little bit too nervous to do much buying. I know quite a few of our Team Invest members were doing some buying, but I think not nearly as much as they now wish they'd been doing. Um, And one tends to get a little bit nervous when markets are down, which is quite sad, because as Warren Buffett says, you want to be greedy when others are fearful, uh, and that's the time you really make money. So I added quite a few uh, extra uh, parcels of shares to my portfolio. Uh, I think some others did, but by the the time we got to the second half of next week, there was very little that you would want to add. The prices had gone up so much. Yeah. Do you think they'll continue going up, Chris? Or you reckon this is uh, sort of uh, luring us into a, a false sense of security? Yeah, we've got a, probably a bit of a tug of war now, uh, David. We've had uh, the initial fear response market selling off, people selling everything that wasn't nailed down. We had that wall of money, both f- fiscally and monetary. Uh, really whatever it takes from central banks around the world coordinated for the first time in, in such a concentrated fashion. Now we see that levelling off of some of those uh, peak uh, infection rates. We're in a really interesting state. Probably got that health emergency starting to flatten, but then we've got the economic reality. What yeah. damage has it done? What damage is it going to do to the global economy? We'll get some insights out of the US uh, corporate earnings this week. Also, some uh, China GDP numbers out, uh, so it's going to be a bit of a tussle, I think, yep. today. And and those uh, registrations for unemployment in the US, yes, just still in the millions mm. every week. It's yeah. extraordinary, is it? All right, let's get uh, straight down to the call. Ten stocks nominated by you, two experts. Let's kick it off with our first one: Integrated Research. Now, Howard, I forget who was on the. There was a panel last Wednesday, and uh, basically the panel 
had um, not liked not one of the 10 stocks that were, uh, that were put up by viewers last week. And I said, okay. They said, none of the stocks will be in their top 20. And I said, give us one that would be in your top 20. And the one they agreed on was integrative research. Tell us about it. Yeah, and in fact, uh, it's a company that uh, I personally own and quite a lot of Team Invest members do own too. We know the company pretty well. Um, it's got very high, I'm just looking down, if you sometimes see my head going down, I'm looking on another screen as well. Um, it's got very high return on equity. It's consistently been running at about 30% plus return on equity over the years, which is quite marvellous. And particularly when you consider that's been done with no debt, because it's easy for companies to have high return on debt, um, on equity, if they use virtually no equity and lots of debt. But this is a company with high return on equity, zero debt, and earnings that have been growing in the sort of mid-teens percentage-wise for a number of years now. So a company that we really like, and um, when a share price went plunging down a few weeks ago, I added a bit to my holdings. Uh, I obviously, uh, it would have been nice if I picked the exact bottom. I didn't. I bought some at about $2.25 and got down to $2.19. I bought some more at about $2.30 something. Um, and, uh, you know, it's looking like it's going to give a pretty good return uh, uh, over the next several years. It's not a business that should really be in any way negatively affected by the coronavirus or the downturn in the economy. Maybe very slight negative, but overall, um, it's kind of clientele it has of big corporates. It's an essential piece of software for them. Uh, it's not an expensive piece of software. Uh, I don't see their business changing because of the virus and the economic downturn at all. And uh, I think this will probably prove a very good investment over the next five to ten years. Okay, even at these um, levels, Howard, even if you if you didn't get them at the pullback, what they back to about two eighty, I think, at the moment, aren't they? Well, it's, yeah, it's not as exciting at about 280, but it, it certainly won't prove a poor investment at 280. But I'm sure the market's going to bounce around a fair bit. I mean, uh, there'll be some negative news that will cause the market to come down. And I would say that if viewers uh, are prepared to wait a bit, they'll probably get it for less than the current 280. But uh, I, I, I'd be surprised if it dropped as low as the 219 that had dropped a few weeks ago. So... I'd probably be back in buying some more if it got to about 240 or so. Mm, okay, Chris? Yeah, this is an interesting business. They actually won a, a big contract or a renewal contract with JP Morgan, one of the big global investment banks out of the US. 10 million US renewable uh, for five years uh, back in March. So right as this was uh, sort of coming to its uh, peak uh, coronavirus fear, they had reaffirmed uh, another very important earnings pillar. They are critic, deemed critic, critical infrastructure. They're the ones that ensure effective communication between big organisations, their customers, and payments as well. So they are right in that core critical piece of infrastructure for companies. So when companies are looking to shed uh, costs, this will be one of the last costs to go. So for right. that reason, it probably didn't dip as much as a lot of other businesses and sectors. Similarly, that's probably why we don't see it really outperforming over the next uh, two or three years. Tend to agree with Howard. It's probably, uh, if you're holding them, happy to continue to hold. They've got a good track record of delivery and incrementally growing earnings over time. 
and probably in that little basket, if you like, of stocks, you'd look to add if we get another leg down Pull in back. the market. Right, Absolutely. okay. All right, so you wouldn't be buying at these levels? No, again, I think the upside's relatively uh, limited, but it's uh, in terms of we're dealing with a lot of unknowns in the market. This one has a, a fairly good visibility on earnings, which you can't say about most companies in this environment. Yep, exactly. All right, uh, so Howard's saying, yep, buy it preferably on a, uh, on a pullback. Chris uh, basically agreeing on a pullback there as well. Our second stock, uh, another technology company, but an environmental technology company called Foslock, sells uh, remediation solutions for contaminated water bodies, chaired by Lawrence Friedman, who was one of the founders of, uh, of Equity Link. That shows how old I am, one of the, the original managed fund um, um, uh, owners when, um, when Paul Keating deregulated financial markets back in the, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Howard, looks an interesting stock, Foslock. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think what they do is uh, sounds wonderful and very interesting and uh, not a company I knew anything about at all until you sent me the email with a list of companies for today. So looking it up, it certainly looks like uh, its water treatment uh, is very interesting. In terms of the business, though, it's only made profits for the very, very first time in 2019. And for me, that makes it far too risky. So, you know, among our team invest members, we look for companies that have got long-term proven track records. Now, this doesn't mean that this won't eventually develop a long-term proven track record as a business, but uh, I wouldn't be interested in buying into a business that had made one year of profits and prior to that had made losses. Uh, It doesn't have any debt, which is at least a good thing. But uh, the kind of thing I'd be prepared to watch for a couple of years, but I don't think I'd be prepared to buy it at all. Oh, Chris, what do you reckon? Uh, sort of, it, it treats contaminated water bodies, mm. um, getting a lot of revenue out of China at the moment by, by the sound of it. So very skewed that way as, as China, part of their five-year plan mm. is the greening of China, mm. isn't it? So. This is a really interesting business. So I, I certainly respect where Howard's coming for his uh, investor group. I think if you are um, younger, if you're more uh, comfortable with risk, this is a fantastic stock for you to do some research on. They have spent years and years perfecting, commercialising uh, their technology, really to remove nitrogen um, and phosphorus. Phosphorus causes those ugly blue-green algae from using too much fertiliser, right. and then the water can't be used. Ah. So. They've won some big contracts in China. Um, and look at that share price. It's come back definitely into buying territory. The other thing to, to watch out, and you should be doing this with big caps today, uh, QBE raising $750 million, for example. Always good to buy these stocks once they've reinforced their balance sheet. So Foslocker uh, just raised uh, up to $15 million, uh, around 50 cents a share, trading at 58. So you've got a really nice floor on the price. Uh, upside is well over a dollar. I think fair value is probably a dollar. So if you're happy to take risk, right. um, the long-term thematic of uh, looking at water purification, particularly in China, is not going away. Yep. Uh, the demand for clean water is not going away in China. So I'm a big fan. The other thing is good, that, good that management. Good management, and also the other thing is management are prepared to take up to three million dollars in this placement. So they're putting their money where their mouth is. I always like to follow what the directors are doing, and that's right. not pocket change three million dollars. So for me, 
you know, it's in that high risk category. So really do your research, make sure you're comfortable because it will move around. But I like that story. And it's one of those ones you've had to wait 10 years to get to this point. So <laughs> Because, um, yeah, I think we last time you were on the call, you were talking about uh, some stocks who, who have a good story about it. Mm. It seems to be um, very focused on trend, if you like. Yeah. Often they don't have the management or the product to actually deliver on it, mm. but you're saying this one does. It does. It's got the contracts and it's got the long... You're looking at the size of a market. Is it growing or atrophying? The size of purification water globally is growing. It's a scarce resource. We've yep. seen that in the drought here. You cannot waste a drop. They've found a commercial grade solution to use a lot of that agricultural um, water that's been polluted for drinking water and other, other purposes in the future. So. I'm a fan. As I said, they've just reinforced their balance sheet so you can go in with a bit yeah. more confidence. They're not going to do a raise okay. on you. All right. A, a tick from Chris there, but but particularly saying uh, for younger investors, if you want yeah. something that's a bit cheaper in price and you're willing to ride the ups and downs Correct. and be long term, yes. could be a, a nice story. Absolutely. Okay. Um, our third stock, um, Howard, is Next Science. Um which is uh, an interesting, another interesting business in that in that healthcare sector. Yes, uh, again, for the sort of people that we generally talk to among our team invest members and, and our philosophies, which are based on Warren Buffett, um, too early in the piece for us to be interested. Again, uh, it looks like it does the most wonderfully interesting things in the medical field. So reading up on it, I'm quite impressed with its products and what it does. But as an investment, too unproven, it hasn't yet made a profit. Um, so not the kind of company that uh, I or any of our members would be interested in really looking at in any great depth. Um, mm. But uh, again, it's probably one that Chris would be more likely mm. to know more about than me because uh, they often have a younger uh, base than, than, than our base of, of, of members. Yeah. Um, Chris, MedTech company based mm. in Sydney, mm. research facilities in Florida. Uh, Absolutely. What's all the background? Look, that? I think we're finding uh, that uh, Sydney, and particularly Melbourne, have some of the most exciting uh, biotech businesses on the planet. But in terms of to get uh, the requisite scale and testing, uh, and uh, grants, some government grants sometimes, they have to go further afield. So these guys okay. are really playing in that surgical space. Uh, one of their lead products is uh, a gel that you put on uh, post-surgery to reduce the chance for bacterial infection. Oh. So it has a reason for being. Um, as opposed to Foslock, which is further down that commercial pathway, uh, these guys are just in revenue as of the last 12 months, uh, about $6 million. So they are early on their journey. We don't expect them to make money for a while, so they're probably even higher up the risk uh, reward curve. Uh, right. But the space is fantastic. The size of the market is very, very large. Um, so again, worth looking at, but for the, only the most assertive investors, you don't have to put much in because the potential upside, again, is probably in the order of 100% on fair value. The flip side is if we get another sell-off, it's not going to be holding up like integrated research or even Foslock. It is going to move around a lot. So right. I'd be cautious with this this name, notwithstanding the sell-off, but the returns are certainly there and it's in a very exciting space. The other thing is it's done a lot of the research. It's proven it works. Their risk now is sales. How quickly right. can they can secure big sales and move to profitability? Well, to Howard's point on Foslock, um, 
they had the big jump in 2018 yeah. in sales, didn't they? They just bubbled along the bottom. Then, if you like, they had a breakout year. If yeah. you were, you know, AFL parlance for a player or a um, or a team. Sure. Um, so next science is maybe two, three years away from that. Two to three years, but again, you've got to take that risk profile on board. You might be prepared to hold it for three years. Yep. Again, with a stock like that, I wouldn't be buying it all today. I'd be doing the research. I'd be looking at their competitors, uh, the history of the management, how much cash they've got. So we've got quarterlies coming out this month. So make sure they've got uh, enough right. cash to last at least the next two quarters. Yep. Uh, and buy it in a couple of pieces, because as I've said on the open, I think we're going to have a fairly volatile month. I don't think we're going back to those March lows. <laughs> But you better believe with uh, some, some dire earnings and certainly further negative news flow, uh, there are going to be some red days. So pick those days because this stock will be off more than most. That's, that's interesting. So you think the volatility is still going to be around for the next couple of months. I suppose the, we're all talking about a deep recession mm. uh, coming out of this. But how deep could be the thing that shocks people, economic news coming out? It can, and, and hopefully we've seen those 1,000 to 3,000 point moves on the Dow uh, behind us, uh, and we're back to three, God, three well, to 600 let's hope points. So. <laughs> it was becoming uh, the intraday moves, even on the ASX, the moves on the close made it very, very difficult for investors to really be constructive. I think now we're going to be more focused on the economic data and the economic fallout. So um, we haven't seen a trend in the market, but we do have a huge backstop in cheap money. So I think we go back to buy the dip. If you've got two or three negative days, you can probably yeah. dip your toe and it's going to be that market moving forward. Uh, Howard, do you concur with that? Yeah, uh, you know, in terms of the market, uh, the, the, the way I often describe it as being uh, a little bit on the uh, older side uh, and having lived in South Africa where markets went up and down a, a lot faster than they tend to here, uh, I once worked out that I'd lived through 11 um, times where the, this particular problem in the world was going to cause the next Great Depression. <laughs> and so far, not one of them have been real. So uh, I've 11 times um, been part of a panic, and none of them have turned out to be all that bad. Some of them, in fact, have turned out to be total damp squibs, like Y2K, which was the extreme end of a total damp squib. This one I don't think is going to be quite that damp squib. I agree with Chris that there's, there's going to be significant economic damage. But whether that economic damage is really going to significantly damage the really good businesses that have agile, uh, smart management, uh, more likely they'll take advantage of their competitors and the really successful businesses will boom as they did uh, in the Great Depression uh, after 1929. A lot of companies will go to the wall, but the really good ones will do extremely well. Yeah. I was uh, having this discussion with an uh, economic historian about two weeks ago uh, who said we will never have another Great Depression because back then they didn't have John Maynard Keynes. Um, thankfully, we have since then uh, because I didn't realise in the Great Depression, basically governments treated it as an act of God and just let it play out. Mm. Whereas Keynesian economics uh, followed that and really showed governments how to pump economies up and 
um, that the way to rebuild your economy is to build demand and, and to build growth, and we followed it ever since, which was, mm. I had no idea that was a case back in the Depression. All right, next one. Um, our fourth stock today, Howard Mineral Resources. Uh, getting back to the resource of the commodity area, of course, has interests in iron ore, lithium, manganese. Yes, um, well, mineral resources, interestingly, most of its money is actually made from uh, crushing and processing ore for other mines or for other miners. So they're really more a mining services business than a miner. And what they do is they use their strong balance sheet to uh, set up, build, own and operate arrangements with other mines. So they get a certain amount of dollars per tonne that is crushed irrespective of the iron ore price at the time. Now, on top of that, they've got a couple of small iron ore mines of their own that when the iron ore price is high and the Australian dollar is low, as is the case now, are very profitable, but at other times they're very marginal. And they also own interests in lithium, which they've done really well out of it in selling uh, a, a part, part of a project to uh, Albemarle and getting a huge amount of cash. So cashed up company, most of its money being contracted revenue uh, over lengthy periods of time through crushing, and then two periodic kickers, um, the one from when they sell off a part of a project as they did with the lithium mine, and the other one being when the iron ore price is high and the Australian dollar is low. So uh, terrific company, extremely good management, um, the kind of management who can look at what's going on in the mining industry in WA and spot an opportunity for profit that everybody else looks at and doesn't notice. So Chris Ellison and his team, uh, incre incredibly innovative management, uh, but you do have to be prepared if you own the stock to see earnings going up and down because they are partially subject to iron ore prices and lithium prices, but the background to all of it is the uh, long-term crushing agreements which make it a much, much, much safer company than most others in the mining field. And it's a company I've owned for a number of years. I've been very happy with it. Lots of Team Invest members own it and uh, certainly one uh, that in the long term, because of the quality of management, is likely to do really, really well indeed. I wouldn't be so keen if there was a major change in management. Mm. With, with the management they've got, uh, very happy. Okay, good, good wrap from and Howard. And prices... It's yep, sorry, Howard, at the current price? Yeah, I was saying at the current price, it, it, it's not too bad. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it got down a little bit lower, but it's on a, a relatively attractive price at the moment if you're looking five and ten years ahead. Okay. Chris? Wish I could look five and ten years ahead, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those businesses that uh, if we get another major sell-off uh, and it really lasts, there's a dislocation in the market, they have the balance sheet to take advantage of that. So there's certainly a business that would look to acquire distressed assets. Uh, they've got a very good track record of selling uh, assets high and acquiring them low. So expect to see them in the market if we see mining services under pressure. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with a two, three year horizon though uh, in this stock. Uh, I think they're fairly valued. They're certainly not cheap. I'd be happy to add to them on a sell off. 
they're really exposed to two big markets, iron ore, uh, bulk commodity uh, digging and crushing, uh, and gold as well. And gold prices are at all-time highs in the Aussie dollar sense. So for me, they're, they're playing in that game. They're going to continue to benefit from global stimulus. We talk about $4 trillion infrastructure spend out of the US. China obviously will go to big infrastructure spend. They're going to be benefiting of that because they're moving the tons through the system for the Rios and BHPs of the yeah. world. So for me, great business, well managed, looks fairly valued and, and the market for them. So the market for the underlying product that they're servicing is going to be there over the next few years. In fact, will probably grow from here. So pretty comfortable with the story, great balance sheet. And as I said, if we do get a further sell-off, they're going to be in the market to pick up some of those smaller players mm. that can't survive. Okay, all right. Good wrap for mineral resources from uh, both Chris and Howard there. Um, Howard, a different one next on uh, on the agenda, our Fitstock ARB Corporation, probably targeting uh, by older blokes and couples like me. They're in the accessory business for four-wheel drives if you're... If you want to pimp your Land Cruiser, these are the blokes you go and see, apparently. Absolutely. And uh, a company with an amazingly good track record over many, many, many years of high return on equity, zero debt, and growing earnings. Now, the earnings haven't been growing as fast in the last few years. And one of the things that I was very disappointed to hear is that before this um, national cabinet meeting on Thursday, which was going to look at how much longer we need to have the economy in hibernation. Victoria has already announced that they're going to be in hibernation another four weeks, and they've got the strictest uh, controls of all the, all the states. Now, ARB has its main factory in Victoria. It's got a factory in Victoria and another one in Thailand. The Thailand one's getting bigger and bigger, and I think is possibly now bigger than the one in Victoria. But I would think that ARB would be scratching their heads and saying, uh, uh, maybe we should consider having a factory somewhere other than Victoria, if Victoria are going to be so uh, determined to keep the economy crushed down. The problem that ARB has got at the moment, of course, is car sales around the world have plummeted, and so four-wheel drives, and that's not surprising. Um, if we're stuck at home, do we need two cars? And if we're not going to drive very far, do we need a four-wheel drive that goes out in the bush? And the answer is probably no. So in the short term, um, they're being hit a bit, but they've got zero debt. They've got cash in their balance sheet. And as Chris said, with mineral resources, I think they are likely to take advantage of this uh, to buy up some of the ARB dealerships that they don't own yeah. because they own some of their retail dealerships and some of the yeah. others they don't. Any of them that get into distress, I'm sure they'd be happy to own. So very innovative company, marvellous track record. Share price has come down a fair bit. It got up to about $20 now to about 14 It was actually just over $10 a few weeks ago. And at that sort of $10, $11, $12 level, um, great buy. At 14 it's probably fair. Um, uh, at 20 it was overpriced. Uh, I've owned it for many, many years, haven't added to it recently. It would have needed to possibly drop a bit more because I already own quite a lot before I would have added to it. But great business, no debt. And yeah. once we come out of this uh, period of nobody wanting to buy new cars, I'm sure they'll do very well again. Yeah, and it's uh, a family business, Howard, wasn't it, that took it to market and are still a very big shareholder in it? 
So it's always been well run. Yeah, the two, yeah. Yeah, the two Brown brothers are still um, the two biggest shareholders. And it's very, very conservatively and well run. They, uh, you know, they look at every penny carefully before they spend it. And uh, the calls they've made over the years have been conservative sometimes to the extent that they could have probably grown faster if they weren't so conservative. But gosh, when they're stewarding your money, you'd much rather a company was being super careful with your money than that they were throwing it around. So I, I quite love the way they run this business. Yep. Uh, Chris, are you an off-road fan? Have you uh, given any money, private money, to ARB? For a new, uh, for a new bull bar? A little or, bit. Or Fra- Fraser, Fraser Island. Uh, <laughs> well, just sort of soft, I pretend off-road on right. Fraser Island. So I've had a little bit of a go. Um, if we're looking at retail, and this is what we're talking about, discretionary yep. retail, what would you touch? Because it's been absolutely smashed across the board. Um, I think ARB is one of the ones you actually would. Uh, again, given its recovery, you'd buy a little bit now and look to add on any further weakness. Um, there's still 70% Australian earnings, 30% overseas. And uh, yep. I like trying to look at what the government, which Howard mentioned, another four weeks of shutdown in Victoria. But what's the government going to do? And is that going to play in their favour or not? If we have this uh, go and holiday in Australia mentality and keep the borders closed for international flights well into next year, ARB is going to shoot the lights out. We're going to have a lot of people either buying four-wheel drives or refitting their four-wheel drives with bull bars, winches, etc., which is ARB's yep. sweet spot. And going on a, on a staycation or Australia roaming uh, vacation, which is fantastic for the Australian economy, first and foremost, it's going to be great for ARB as well. So, you know, longer term, the thematic around four-wheel drives versus electric is too far uh, over the horizon for me. I'm, I'm a happy owner for clients at these levels, even buying them with that thematic leading into next summer. I think we're going to have a big resurgence in four-wheel drive sales into spring, summer yep. in Australia and domestic travel, which really plays into yep. their sweet spot. And it doesn't look as though the indications are that we're going to be allowed to travel overseas for until yep. at least the end of the year. Correct. So as uh, Simon Birmingham has, has been saying, holiday here in Australia for the rest of the year. Yep. All right. So uh, there are our first five stocks. Integrated Research, Howard Likes has been an investor for quite a while. Uh, not such a fan from, uh, from Chris. Uh, Foslock, Chris is a really big fan, particularly for younger investors. We should predicate all of this saying, if you can wait for a buyback, a, um, a pullback in the markets for these stocks, better value. Uh, Mineral Resources gets a good uh, rap. And uh, Next Science, Probably a bit too risky at the moment. Two or three year time horizon. ARB, a good rap as well. Um, Howard, we're sticking with retail. Retail in a different form with our six stock. Accent Group, uh, footwear retailer, one of Brett Blundy's stable. How do you reckon they'll go um, once retail gets back on its feet, so to speak? Yeah, um, again, a very well-run retailer, obviously being hurt even more than ARB is being hurt in that they've got a large number of stores and those stores are pretty much closed. Um, And again, uh, it depends a fair bit on what the government decides to do. One of the interesting things that one of our members phoned me this morning and pointed out is that on average 100 people a year die on the roads during the Easter weekend. 
And that didn't happen this year. So it could be that uh, uh, by having everybody stuck at home, um, we saved more roads, uh, more lives on the roads than we may have saved in any other way. Um, but in terms of Accent Group, the moment their stores can open again, they'll do well, very well-run retailer. Um, the leases aren't generally long leases, so they've got a lot of flexibility. And their online sales have uh, always been better than most retailers. And I'm told that they've roughly doubled um, since the shutdown. So it's a question of how long are we going to be shut? But I would assume that even if we shut a long time, they'll be among the survivors and they'll get uh, a lot of upside from the opportunities they get from many others not being survivors. But uh, uh, like all retail, and I think Chris said it very well earlier on, you know, uh, it's tough to be in anything retail at the moment because we don't know how long the politicians mm. are going to keep the stores closed. Yeah. But I suppose, mm. Chris, the, the point is if you... So are, I like the company. <coughs> okay. Uh, the point is, I suppose, Chris, if you want to pick up battered retail stocks mm. at a time like this and, and take a punt on them, would this be one of those companies? Yes, it would. Uh, again, Brett Blundley has a bit of magic, has for yep. a long time since Sanity <laughs> Records days. Uh, I'm pretty glad he doesn't own that now. Wouldn't exist. Um, they have a really good suite of um, assets uh, that have been astutely managed. Uh, the big question is how quickly will their sales bounce back? Will they go to pre-coronavirus levels? My feeling is no. I mean, you don't just have a shock like this um, a million, two million people in Australia out to work and then we all go back spending like there's no tomorrow. I think there will be a lasting effect on discretionary retail, including footwear, which is their sweet spot. How many pairs of shares, shoes do we really need? Uh, I know they're an aspirational brand, so a lot of the millennials and, uh, you know, and younger uh, like their stock, whether it's Vans or Hype or uh, yeah. even Dr. Martens and, and others, Athletes Foot. So... For me, they probably will benefit on any opening up of retail. So I expect them to continue to bounce. So I think there's a great trade in this stock, but don't expect them to get back above $2 a share. I just think that tail of consumer spending, that's not coming back for years. So don't right. expect it to bounce back to those pre-levels. Uh, it looks like a great trade. If you're playing that, have another look. So what look. are they? They're just below a dollar at the moment, aren't they? Somewhere around are they around a, around a dollar in the 90 cent mark? So I'm happy to trade that for 30 cents a share, which is 30% upside, yep. even 40%. So I, I do see a big bounce in them. Uh, and a few of their competitors will really be under the pump as well. So don't yep. be afraid to buy them under a dollar a share. Absolutely. They are a higher risk stock. But if you look at that particular chart, I'd be looking to let them go in the 140, 150 range. Uh, because I think it's going to be a lot harder to justify the premium from there with the uncertainty right. over consumer spending. Okay. All right. Uh, next dog, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Howard Credit Corp. Now, basically, what are they, a debt collector, finance business? Yes, um, they buy distressed <laughs> debtors' ledgers, uh, mainly in Australia, but more recently in the US as well. And then uh, having bought them cheaply, they collect those debts and train the people who owed the money to better understand managing their finances over a period of time. And then they've also got a smaller lending business where they're mainly lending to people who've already proven themselves right. to be uh, those who learn to manage their money better. 
So they're quite safe when lending it to them. Now, obviously, uh, on the one hand, they're going to uh, find it a bit harder to collect some of these monies that they're currently collecting because economies are not going to do that well and there's a lot of unemployed. Um, but on the other hand, they'll also be able to buy distressed debtors' ledgers cheaper than they were buying them before. So I'm a great fan of this company. It's extremely well run. Mm. And um, it got all the mm. way down to $6.01. Mm. Uh, that was an unbelievable bargain. I bought some at six fifty, and I thought, I can't believe wow. this. I, I, I think this is uh, the most extraordinary thing mm. under the sun. But it went down another 50-odd cents. And um, I, I own quite a lot of them and uh, added to my holdings. Even at the current price, I would regard them as pretty uh, inexpensive. But obviously, they were a lot cheaper uh, over the last few weeks. Everybody seemed to think it was going to be the end of the world for them, which is, of course, total nonsense. Coming back to the economy, um, one of the <coughs> interesting things, I, and on the surface, I would totally stress that discretionary spending may be low. However, when you consider people have been stuck at home, they, uh, anybody who's been employed and still paid, not the ones who become unemployed, mm is going to have a lot more money than they normally have to mm. spend on discretionary spending. They yep. didn't have a holiday in April over the Easter weekend. They're not driving their car as much. They're not having to pay transport to work and back. Um, they're not buying that $4.50 cup of coffee two, three times a day at work. So anybody who's still employed is going to end this isolation mm. hibernation period. Okay. Lots of money in the bank compared to what they've had before. So I think spend will launch from that 80% of the population who don't become unemployed. Okay. Uh, Credit Corp, we've just heard Howard has basically tripled his money in the last three weeks. Chris, I, that, it's been a Where good... Where was the phone call? Did exactly phone right. Call? No, he didn't mention it on the call. We're going uh, carry this on and, after the show. And he would still buy them at this price. What do you think? Still buy them at this price. I think it becomes problematic here. We talk about what would you buy on a sell-off. Yep. This was a little bit like afterpay. People were giving them away on the corner, right? Would you right. like my stock? Give me a price, anything. I'll have, you know, a hamburger and a glass of Coke for <laughs> my shares. It was one of those which people were saying, well, what do they own? Is it worth anything? This is the problem with stocks when they are buying. Say they buy a debt book uh, for 60 cents in the dollar. So it's yep. $10 million of debt owing to a company. They're happy to sell it to Credit Corp for $6 million. Then they go and try and get eight, eight and a half million dollars out of that, and they've made a tidy little sum. The big issue at the moment is with what's happening with the government's job seeker allowance, people in jobs, how big unemployment is, what's going to happen with renters. What there's so much uncertainty in in that debt, the value yeah. of it. You cannot price it at the moment, so that's why you're seeing that market move around in that stock. I agree, it's very well managed. I can't buy it at these levels because of that uncertainty. You are basically saying I'm backing management, which is great. But at $6, you can back management. At $17, $18, right. I think you just can afford to wait. It will move around quite okay. a lot. Great. Um, let's move on because we're running out of time. Our um, stock number eight, Appen. Uh, how an interesting tech business in artificial intelligence, text recognition. Yeah, in, in fact, funnily enough, it's not really, uh, I mean, we all call it a tech business, I do too, but it's not really a tech business. It's a business that helps tech companies by having um, vast numbers of people, over a million people, 
doing uh, annotating of uh, data uh, and pro to help build artificial intelligence solutions for other tech companies. So it's actually a manager of a very, very large pool of casual workers who work for them as needed. So, um, you know, when they need more people, they've got more people on their database. When they need fewer, they're not paying for the ones they don't need. So uh, a business that with the uh, shutdown of economies around the world, there will, there will almost certainly be a big drive to automate more uh, processes and use more artificial intelligence. And they will almost certainly benefit out of that. They do have some technology of their own, but their biggest asset is this terrific database of people who they've been using for a time and they know what those people are good at uh, doing the annotating for and categorizing of uh, stuff for artificial intelligence. Um, it got down, it's again one of these that Chris and I have been talking about where you, you had an opportunity for a bargain that's probably gone away. I mean, it got down to under $16 mm. only a few weeks ago. And at those sort of prices, it wasn't mm. too bad. Still on a pretty high PE ratio, but it wasn't bad. It's now up, up to $22 or $23, um, where uh, you'd, you'd probably say to yourself, I don't know that I'd be buying it here, but I'm sure yeah. I'll get another opportunity at some stage in the future. Okay, Chris? But good business. It is a great business. It's what I call a rock star stock. And you do get a couple of opportunities to buy it because it moves around. I mean, it go, went to $30 all the way back down to $16. But just look at its five-year chart. Uh, it's a little bit like CSL in that regard. Sometimes you've got to close your eyes and buy the stock. And then every time the market sells off, you add a little bit more. Right. It is one of those Australian tech success stories. We talk about the WAX stocks, WiseTech, Appen, Afterpay, Altium and Zero. For me, it's the pick of all of them. I think mm. they've got uh, great client pace, people like Microsoft, Apple, uh, Google as their clients. Uh, they, they're in search, they're in speech recognition, they're in uh, video, smarts. Um, and that's the future is automation, machine learning, artificial intelligence. So they're right in the future spend. So the, the, the market is growing exponentially in that and is going to continue. Um, are they a takeover target? Certainly they would belong on the NASDAQ in the US. Uh, they're US centric in their earnings, so they benefit from a lower Aussie dollar. Uh, you can buy them here. It's an expensive stock, but it'll always be expensive. We get another sell-off, okay. anything below $20, and you've got a three-year horizon, a little bit of risk appetite. You need to own it. Okay, excellent. Uh, next one, Howard, Treasury Wine Estate. Been in the news uh, recently. Think you're uh, hiving off Penfolds. What do you think? Yes, uh, uh, look, I, I'm never terribly enthused about anything that's got an agricultural uh, aspect to it because it's subject to things that are completely beyond the control of management, in other words, weather. But, uh, you know, it certainly has been uh, doing pretty well as a company. Uh, it's growing its earnings. Its return on equity, like most agriculturally related companies, is rather miserable. It's only had one year in the past 10 years where its return on equity was more than 10%. So our members of Team Invest would give it a miss and wouldn't own it, and, and nor would I personally. But among those companies in that field, um, it is uh, probably one of the best, if not the best, in that field. Um, and uh, it's not on a particularly high PE ratio, about somewhere around about 16. But no, I'd, I'd pass on it. And uh, uh, the, the moment I know anything is subject to agriculture and weather, 
uh, too risky for my philosophy okay. and uh, for the, the sort of Warren Buffett styles that we follow. All right, Chris? Treasury Wines uh, was a market darling for a long time yep. and performed really, really well. I think those days are probably gone. Uh, just saying the Chinese are by all the Penfolds premium wine <laughs> really worked for a while. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with this business. They already had problems in the US uh, in their modelling. They had a lot of stock that wasn't being sold in their portfolio before this happened. Now we've got the un uncertainty over China and the bounce back for demand. If you're holding on just for the demerger and demergers generally unlock value, I think you're going to be missing out on, on the recovery in the market if we have one being in other stocks. Right. So for me, I prefer other, other names in the space where they have control over the inputs, uh, like an A2 milk, but obviously shooting the lights out on demand, um, or a smaller version of that is Bub's BUB, which is doing really well in organic goat infant formula, and they yep. have, uh, sorry, organic uh, cow's milk formula as well. So for me, I think Treasury's uh, already got problems before COVID-19, and uh, look, there's probably fairly valued here, but if we're trying to make money for clients, we've got to minimise those uncertainties. And they already had issues before this current sure. uncertainty cloud. Okay. All right. Uh, no to Treasury Wine from both Howard and Chris. Our final stock, Howard, uh, corporate travel management. A bit of a darling of the financial review and rear window over, over, over the months gone by. There's been a bit <laughs> of a saga. What do you think? Not a favourite of Joe Aston. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It's been a, an extremely well-run business. Um, it, there have been a lot of questions about do they tend to report their figures a little optimistically. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think there's anything really been shown to be actually wrong. And um, the sheep price got all the way up to 30-something dollars, about $33 at one stage, got all the way down to four, under $4.50. Now, the reason for that is a pretty simple one. As we all know, uh, overseas travel has collapsed and being stopped by uh, regulators, governments, etc., around the world. And that has been where they make a fair proportion of their money is uh, having companies use their software to manage the travel of their executives around the world. So how long will this last? Who knows? But when it got down to sort of under $4.50, was pretty good bargain. I mean, it's got high return on equity, it's got low debt. And um, the other thing with this company is it's got a very high break-even safety margin. Almost all of its expenses are variable. It's got very, very few, or I should rather say very low, fixed expenses. Mm. So in a time when its sales mm. collapse like this, it can actually cope a lot better than most other companies that have a collapse in sales because of its uh, spectacularly high besom. So, um, you know, if we knew when, the, when when overseas travel was going to open up again, we would know when we could make a lot of money out of this company, but uh, or owning it. But certainly, uh, you know, uh, when it's been in single uh, figures under ten dollars, uh, assuming this uh, travel restriction ends by the end of the year, it will probably prove an amazing bargain over the next few years. But if we find that overseas travel is restricted right through the whole of next year as well, um, then probably uh, it could still be a great company and a beneficiary of consolidation in its industry, but it may take a long time before you make okay. your money. Yeah, interesting. Chris, what do you think? 
Look, above $10, I don't think you need to own it. We're talking about stocks, we've talked about 10 today. Is this, is this the top stock to recommend? No, because it's got a lot of uncertainty. Howard was just saying, well, if yep. this happens, that's good, this, this, and this. There is probably, having said that, if you own the stock, there's probably a chance to sell at a higher level. Um, if and when we see Donald Trump saying we're opening up the US to travel again, they are predominantly US earning, and a lot of that uh, travel, corporate travel, is in interstate, intrastate st travel in the US. That's where most of their earnings right. are. So any positive news about opening up in May in the US, we might see it go up to 13 or $14. But I think fundamentally, um, it's, it's exposed massively to uncertainty. When there's a vaccine, do they have to shut the US again if there's going into the US winter at the end of the year? I just... <sighs> You're throwing too many darts at the board at that stage, and I would stick in lanes, which we've said, you know, if the market sells off, I'm happy owning this stock. Yep. If corporate, if the market sells off, corporate travel ain't going to be $10 a share. It'll be back at six. So right. I just don't think you need to take that risk in the market. If you own them, I think you'll get a get out of jail free on, on a hype and an announcement. But I think, um, unfortunately, the way we travel is not going to go back to normal until at least 2021, 22. Okay. All right. All right, Jens, uh, just to recap the final five there, Accent Group, um, great footwear business on a pullback. And when consumers start to spend again, Chris likes it, not for Howard. Uh, Credit Corp, Howard loves it. Um, sorry, Howard? Uh, I, I quite like Accent Group. Uh, oh, Accent, okay. All right, on a pullback, I think you may have said. Um, okay, like accent. So both Chris and Howard like accent. Howard loves Credit Corp and has tripled his money in three weeks. Howard, Howard, Howard. Next time you see a stock like that, will you give Chris and I a call? That'd be terrific. Um, Appen Group, um, Chris loves a, one of the best stocks, uh, tech stocks in Australia. If, you, if you're going to own for three better. years, that's one of those winners and has been for the last five years. Yep, not much on Treasury Wine Estate. Um, um, Howard thinks good, uh, corporate travel um, is a really well-run company, corporate travel management, as long as we can have some idea when overseas travel starts up again. So a great um, list of and diversity of stocks in the call today. Thank you for sending them through. Uh, if you're watching and you're thinking, gee, I'd love to get an opinion on a couple of stocks I own, send them through the call between midday and 1pm every trading day. You can email the call at osbiz.com.au or send it through on Twitter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.